You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. If you haven't yet, please go to timetogowild.com and find out a little bit more about the Go Wild app. Or you can just go to the Google Play Store and download the Go Wild app to your mobile device. Now, I know what you're thinking, what is Go Wild? Now, Go Wild is a social media platform similar to Facebook and Instagram that is focused and I say focused with the outdoors, hunting, camping, fishing. If it, if it has to do with being outside, then you're going to find a community of like-minded individuals on the Go Wild social media platform. So it's pretty simple. Uh, download the app today at the Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps. Or for more information, visit timetogowild.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles hunting podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and on this podcast, you will find tons of relevant information that will help you become more successful in the field. You'll hear product information directly from the manufacturer and success stories from guys and gals just like you. Sit back, relax, and pour a stiff drink. This episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, it's hump day, and that means it's time for another Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Enter the discount code nine fingers, the number nine followed by the word fingers, and you will receive $20 off your trail camera purchase. Now, today, we are going to be talking with Trevor Zwartz. He's a fellow Iowan, and he's going to talk today about how he got into hunting, uh, what he's done thus far, uh, big mistakes that he's made. Now, the kid's only 18 years old, right? And I, I like this podcast because his story reminds me a lot of my story growing up and getting into hunting, right? Uh, I started about the same time he did, 14 years old, right? I, I didn't have really anybody in my family that hunted. I got into it a, a, a little bit through my uncles. And uh, yeah, so I'm jacked that this podcast happened. It, it's a good time to sit and reflect on maybe the past, right? Uh, and, and take into consideration the learning curve of what we've all kind of gone through as uh as bow hunters and uh man i i i really enjoyed this this podcast and uh i think you will too now before we get into today's podcast this is a very simple commercial hunter safety systems if you are not wearing a safety harness when you're in a tree stand you my friends are an idiot and I think you need to go to huntersafetysystem.com and take a look at all of the the safety harnesses that you or that that they uh, offer for yourself. And why is that important? It is important because it is your responsibility to be safe, not just for yourself, but for your friends and your family, right? Because if you get hurt, right? Let's say I, I forgot to wear my tree uh, my tree harness one day. I follow the tree, break my back, can't ever work again, can't support my family, right? 
And yes, I'm still alive, but I can't provide for my family, right? And it was because of something so simple, right? And I say this at the end of every single podcast, wear your damn safety harness, and I actually mean that. So go to huntersafetysystem.com, select, look, sort, whatever, find a tree tree harness that you feel comfortable with, buy it and wear it, period, right? It's that simple. Now that we've got that out of the way, I'm going to get off the soapbox and uh, we're going to get into today's Hunter Profile podcast with Trevor Zwartz. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Trevor Zwartz. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about you, Dan? I can't complain. I uh, I tried, when I got the email from you, you know, kind of describing yourself, asking, you know, hey, would, you know, would you have room on your podcast to interview me? And, and I said, okay, email me, tell me your story. And the first sentence is, I am 18 years old and a self-taught bow hunter that loves to hunt public land. And I have a lot of guys that out there that are bow hunters. I, I have a lot of guys out there who love to hunt public land, but I, but I think the interesting part about you is how young you are and that you are a self-taught public land hunter. So I think that you put all that together and there, um, that kind of had me thinking, you know, I'd love to, you know, see how this guy hunts, how he learned to hunt, all that stuff. And, uh, that's why you're on the podcast today. But before we get into today's podcast. Why don't you tell everybody where you're from? And I, I, I would say, what do you do for a living? But why don't you just say where you're from and what grade are you in? All right. So I am from a small town in the northwest corner of Iowa. Population is about 5,000. And I'm currently a senior in high school. Uh, high school with about 250 kids in it yep so yeah gotcha that's about let's see i think there was 200 i don't even know how many kids were in my high school i think there was a oh so your entire high school was 250 or just your graduating class oh my entire high school is like about 250 kids okay so that is small okay Mm -hmm. so northwest iowa right um yep now i think what we'll do is we'll kind of just we'll jump right into the meat and potatoes of it and with you being so young do you do you come from a hunting family at all or did you literally teach yourself to hunt um i sort of come from a hunting family i have a couple uncles that like to hunt but i wouldn't call them die hard hunters right they're kind of casual hunters they enjoy getting out when they can but my yeah my dad does not hunt my grandpas don't hunt right so what was it that kind of sparked your interest in hunting it was one of my uncles i still see him as a role model in my life and as a kid i just wanted to hunt and that's just always been on my mind ever since i was a little kid Gotcha. How old were you when you started? I mean, you're 18 now, but how old were you when you started saying, Hey, I want to, I want to do this. I bet I was seven or eight. And I think I got my first BB gun at the age of eight years old. And I would just go walking through the neighborhood shooting rabbits when I could. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so who taught you? Was it your uncle who taught you gun safety or was that your dad saying, okay, well, if you're going to, if you're going to have a BB gun, you got to be responsible with it. And if you're going to shoot an animal, you got to be responsible with it. Who taught you that? My dad taught me a lot of gun safety, even though he never really owned a gun. Really. He just kind of said, don't, don't point at anything. You don't mean to shoot. Don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Just basic things like that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So when did that get a little bit, you know, when did that go from taking a gun out and shooting at birds and rabbits to starting to get into other things, maybe like fishing or pheasants or or turkey or deer? 
Mm-hmm. So I've always liked fishing too. And I first started pheasant hunting at the age of 11. And I still vividly remember shooting my first bird. It was Christmas Eve. And the rooster got behind me and I shot it. And I just remember wanting to put that thing on the wall because I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I, dude, your story sounds a lot like my story. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't come from a hunting family. I mean, and my biggest influencers when it came to the outdoors was, yeah, my dad would go camping and has would take us fishing every once in a while. But I really looked to uh, my uncles, one uncle in particular, who got me into the outdoors. And my first ever hunt, I would say, my first ever animal I killed was also a pheasant that my uncle my you know my uncle uh and his dog took me out and we we kicked up a you know a rooster and I shot it and I thought I was the, I thought I was that was the greatest thing ever. So so far our uh stories kind of line up. You have nine fingers too? I do not. I okay. I still have all ten. Okay, well that's good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> you got into uh you got into pheasant hunting a little bit or was that all, did it all kind of happen at the same time, pheasant hunting and and other species? Yeah, I kind of pheasant hunted for a few years up until seventh grade. And that was the, that was like when I first started to want to try deer hunting because there were some other kids in my class that had started. So I kind of asked my dad and he said we'd try it. Now, because your dad didn't hunt, uh, did he know people to I guess places to drop you off or did you go with a friend and your friend's dad or uncle or how did you know your dad gave you the yes or no but did he actually take you out yeah so I think he had a person he knew told him kind of like a piece of public land that he hunted and he showed him a good spot and that's kind of where I hunted for a while and the thing is, my dad would come out and sit with me, so he'd drive me. It's about a 45-minute drive. He'd come out there, he'd sit with me, and I'd tell him he could take a nap or do whatever he wanted. Well, I just sat there and waited for deer. Yeah, and how old were you when this all went down? Oh, I bet I was, I think I was 14 when I first started deer hunting. Okay, so 14 years old and your shotgun hunting, right? Well, actually, I wanted to shoot my first deer with a bow, so okay. I went with a bow. Oh, so did you did you yeah. did you get into shotgun hunting at all first, or did you just go straight to archery? I went straight to archery because okay. my dad had bought me a my first bow around that time too, and it was like a a mission craze. Yeah. So why so, why archery before? before guns well as a kid i grew up watching all these bow hunting shows on tv and i thought it was just the coolest thing ever to have deer just so close to you and i just felt like there's a lot more emotion involved it's a lot more intimate when you shoot a deer with a bow because yeah i just think hunting with a gun doesn't give the animal as much of a chance sort of a thing yeah and that's what you know, that's what you were thinking at that time was, yeah, I want to get close to the animal. I want to hunt. I want to yeah. hunt close to him. Okay. All right. Yep. So, so as you know, you're, you're, when your dad bought you this bow, I can remember the first time that I went out bow hunting. My mom uh, got a bow for me and I shot at a bale of hay, right? And on this bale of hay, mm-hmm. I, I think like I hit you know a bale of hay is pretty big and i think i put five Mm -hmm. five arrows not even close to a group in it at maybe 10 yards and i said you know what i'm ready to go hunting so did your dad make you practice with this at all did you practice with it who taught you the mechanics of how to shoot a bow um a lot of youtube videos taught me how taught me how to shoot a bow Gotcha. So, so most of your most of your uh, your information came from YouTube. Yes, that is how I 
learned to shoot a bow accurately. And one day I watched a really inspirational video because I used to suck at shooting a bow before I watched this video. It's a video about how working hard and shooting a bow every day will make you a better archer. So I tried that for like a whole summer. And by the time deer season came around, I became very accurate with my bow. Well, that's pretty awesome. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a lot more to it than just shooting every day, right? You have to, you have to be able yeah. to adjust your equipment and that came from yeah. YouTube information as well. Um, later on it did, but I actually was able to meet a guy around the same time who loved working on bows. So if I ever had a question about anything or needed help, I'd call him up and we'd meet up and he could help me with my bow that way. Gotcha. Was that like a local bow shop or something like that? No, he's just a guy that I still, I still shoot with him and he just loves working with bows. That's just what he loves doing. Gotcha. Okay. So when, uh, when did you feel that you were ready to go out and actually try to kill something with your bow? Hmm. That's a tough question. I don't know. Because being able to shoot in your backyard at a target Mm -hmm. versus going out and trying to kill an animal are two completely different things. Did you, did you realize that it was two completely different things when it was time? Or did you just say to yourself, you know what? I'm hitting the target. I can now try to go out. Yeah. I mean, still to this day, it's two very completely different things for me because I have a lot of respect for animals and it's a really big deal for me to take a life of an animal. So I guess it was just, knowing that I needed to make the cleanest, most ethical shot I could at the animal. So I would study where the lungs and the heart were in a deer at different shot angles. So I'd be prepared for when the deer would step out. Cool. Cool. So you, you went out with your dad, right? And, Mm -hmm. uh, for the, like the very first time, was this October at some point then? Uh, this was youth season. So in Iowa, it's like last week in like middle of September to the last week in September. And that's sort of when I started. Gotcha. And then when we could, we'd go out throughout the rest of both season as well. Gotcha. All right. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, YouTube, YouTube videos are, are great and they teach you a lot, but I'm a firm believer that, mm-hmm. you know, you get out in the timber and that's a whole nother type of education. So what are some of the, the, things if you can remember what you learned in that you know that first archery season going out with your dad a lot of the things i learned were how the wind actually worked and sort of that not everything is going to work how you think it is like there are a lot of other factors be, be like more, in the youtube yeah be more detailed about that okay so talk, this is a talk, long time ago. Yeah. So, but but you learned yeah. something, right? You said the the wind yeah. didn't do what you th- like mm-hmm. what the, what you thought it was going to do, right? Did you feel that it yeah. was going to blow one direction the whole night, or uh, what did you see happen when once you got out into the woods? Like, I think it became real to me how elusive these deer were because I got busted so many times when I was just starting because we were sitting on the ground with a bow and I'd either move just a little bit and they just run. And I'm like, what the heck? And I think it's just learning. I think I was just learning the deer senses sort of a thing. Gotcha. Were you able, you know, obviously getting busted is bad. Were you able to mm-hmm. start making adjustments uh, throughout that, maybe that first season to put yourself in a position to where maybe you didn't get busted as much? Yeah, I learned that just sitting at the base of a tree with no cover on you is a really bad idea. <laughs> and that <laughs> that you should probably have some more cover around you. Right, right. So I guess where I started, I'll kind of 
draw you a picture where I first started hunting. Yeah. It was like a piece of public. It was like timbered and CRP, and there were some food plots in the middle of the CRP. So I started at hunting at the edge of the timber by some trees. And then later on, I realized I should probably sit in the grass so I'm a little bit more concealed than just sitting at the base of a tree. Okay. And then I kind of started moving more towards the food too as time went on. Gotcha. So you you started hunting on the ground, right? Yeah. Were you wearing any type of camo at that point? Yes. Okay. Some cheap Walmart camo. Hey, that works, man. I killed my first my yeah. first couple of deer in cheap Walmart camo. Mm-hmm. So um Yeah. So you you were hunting from the ground, you got busted a lot, you started moving around, mm-hmm. you know, throughout that year. Did you ever get into mm-hmm. a position in that first archery season to where you were able to get a crack at a deer, draw back, or even shoot one? No, that didn't happen until about, I think it was two seasons later. Okay. So, so a lot of people, especially kids, right? You're eight back then, mm-hmm. you know, you're 14, 15. If they're not good at something or they, they fail a lot, they're not going to gut it out and, and keep going with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you failed. It sounds like for multiple seasons in a row. Yeah. Did you, were you thinking ever at all about quitting or did, did that ever cross your mind or did you just become more, I guess, focused on trying to beat their nose and beat their senses and, and, and get, get that shot. No, that thought has never crossed my mind throughout all my years of hunting. I just, whenever I feel, I just get hungry to do more and to learn from my mistakes so I could fix it for next time when I get the next opportunity. So like if something didn't work this hunt, I would change it for the next hunt and just keep trying that and see if something would work. Okay, cool. So in the, in those first couple years, not, not counting the season that you actually were able to harvest a deer, but in those first couple years, Mm -hmm. did you ever get close to where you Um, pulled back your draw, pulled back your bow? There was actually, it was during the rut. I remember it. At this time, I had a climbing tree stand, but I was so scared of heights, I'd only get like eight feet off the ground. So as we're setting these tree stands up, me and my dad are talking normal like we are. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this tiny eight-pointer just coming right at us, and he walks right past us at 15 yards. And I just couldn't even, I didn't even know what to do. I was in shock. I was shaking. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even think to grab my bow. I just didn't have time to do anything. Yeah. Okay. So you so just that was the closest I ever got. And so, so you froze. You didn't pick up your bow mm-hmm. at all. And he ended up. Was it a buck or a doe? It was a little buck. A little buck. Okay. So he was able to skirt by you without you getting the opportunity. What did that experience right there teach you, if anything? Uh, it taught me to be ready at all times and to never let my guard down and to just think that it can happen at any moment. Okay. So let's see. How many years did you hunt before you were able to shoot your first deer with a bow? I think it was either two or three. Okay. All right. And your dad came along with you every time? Uh, most of the time. Or he'd take a nap in the truck. Gotcha. All right. So at least, at least he was driving you places, right? Yeah. Okay. So once you got your license, did you, did you get free reign to go out whenever you wanted without your dad? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So are you like, are you, or were you in any type of sports at all or like extracurricular activities? Mm. Not really. I think if I was in any, I can't remember if I was, but I think I quit whatever I was in so I could hunt more. <laughs> so, so sports and like, were you out for any mm-hmm. sports this year at all? Oh, uh, right now I'm currently the manager of our basketball team. Gotcha. 
so doesn't take a ton of time. Right, but I mean, like, in the fall. No. Fall was for hunting. I made sure that was, yep, fall was for hunting. Okay, cool. All right, so you, you sounds to me like you've, you dedicated your time to bow hunting. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. So, how old were you? See, so two years, you're 14, 15, so what, you're, were you 16 when you shot your first deer? I think I was 15 still. 15 still. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went two years striking out. You were 15. Oh. So what was different about that third year? Uh, did you learn anything? Did you become a better shot? Did you get maybe some different equipment like a tree stand or a ground blind or anything like that? Uh, I was still hunting on the ground and I really got into Midwest whitetail a lot that that season before and that that taught me a lot about deer movement and patterns with weather and stuff and i really just started hunting that food plot that was in the middle of that public land really hard and i just sit on the edge of it on my butt in the grass okay just waiting for a deer to come out so did that uh did that work for you it finally paid off this little tiny doe fawn came out and it was about 30 yards. I shot, I missed the deer ran away. I was pretty sad. And then <laughs> I look up again and here this thing comes walking right back. So knocked another arrow, drew back, let the arrow fly and it found its mark. That's awesome. So you, mm-hmm. you learned a lot as far as where you should be sitting, right? Yep. Uh, you you found a food source or a food plot. What they do? Did the government come in and plant these food plots for the deer? Yeah, it was like some sugar beets, alfalfa, corn. I think that's about all it was. Gotcha. Okay, so some kind of food plot, and then you just sat on the edge of that and waited for deer to come out. It sounds like. Yep. Okay. Pretty pretty simple, and it worked. Mm-hmm. It did. Gotcha. So when you shot this deer, you know, first time you missed it, I'm sure your heart dropped and you were sad. Mm-hmm. The deer comes back and you, you shoot it and you get an arrow in it. What was, cause I can, I can vividly remember my first doe I ever shot too. So why don't you walk us through like after you let that arrow go and you knew you hit this doe, what was going through your head at this point? I was I was just in shock, kind of just thinking all my hard work just paid off right there. I was shaking. Um, I didn't know quite what to do. I was like, I just shot a deer. Got to call my dad who's sitting in the truck. I got to call other people. How long should I wait? Should I go after it right now? This Lots of questions running through my head. Yeah. So, so what happened? What did you do? Did you, did you watch a YouTube video before on how to track deer? Did you like, uh, what, what did you actually do after you hit it? And after, you know, you called some people, what did they tell you to do? Uh, they told me to get on the blood. So me and my dad got on the blood and followed it for probably, I'd say 80 or 70 yards and she was right there piled up. All right. So the question is, was your dad with you when you shot this, uh, this deer or was he back at the truck taking a nap? He was back at the truck taking a nap. Okay. So when you walked up to him, knocked on the window and said, Hey, I just shot a deer. What did he say? Well, he said he was proud and he was, he was excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So did he, yep. so you guys did that first track job together? Yes, we did. Okay. So now, so now you, you found this deer, you guys gave you, you guys gave your high fives Not it ain't over yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to clean mm-hmm. this. You got to gut it. Did, <laughs> had, had your dad ever yep. gut a deer before? No, he had not. Neither had I. <laughs> I take it you'll watch the YouTube video for that too. 
Yep. So what happened was my dad pulled pulled his phone out, had the YouTube video playing. I had the flashlight in my mouth and my knife in one hand <laughs> trying to gut this deer. Oh, that's hilarious! Because my first gut job, yep. my first gut job was not was not like. Oh, it was messy. It was messy. It took me yeah. forever to do, but I got it done. Um, so what was that experience like pulling the guts out of this deer for the first time? Um, I just tried not to poke a hole in the intestines of the stomach because I knew that was going to stink really bad. And I don't know. I'm not really, I don't get queasy around blood and guts, but I don't know. It was just something I knew I had to do. Yeah. So I just did it. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember, uh, you know, going real slow. Don't pop the stomach. Don't pop the bladder, you know, all these things. And, uh, Mm -hmm. my, my gutting method then versus what it is now is really different. But, uh, Mm -hmm. I I remember like being real careful with everything, taking a real long time. And, uh, I, I, my very first gut job, I can remember like, dry heaving because I had, you know, I was never, I wasn't used to that smell. So I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Oh, that was funny. Okay. So how long, so it took you a while to do, huh? Yeah. It probably took me a good 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Now, once you ended up, you know, once you ended up getting the guts out and getting it cleaned, you know, getting it, it basically ready to be transported what you and your dad then drag it back to the truck and what what was your plan to take it to a processor or were you guys going to try to do the meat yourself so what we did is we drug the deer out took it back and my dad has like my dad has a lot of friends that hunt so one of them has a shop that we hung it in and then in a couple days we went there and my dad's friend taught us how to like debone the deer meat so we did that all ourselves, and then we took that meat to the processor. Yeah. Okay. So, what did I mean? Did you feel pretty proud at the, at this point that you you did everything basically by yourself? You killed a deer by yourself, and you 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 got it to the processor, and now you have this meat, right? That you mm-hmm. that you you killed this animal yourself. Did did it sink in at that point, or was it, I don't know, was it just kind of, hey, I shot a deer, now I have meat? I think I was pretty proud of myself. Like, I walked around at school with my head a little higher, <laughs> kind of, I was pretty proud of myself, and I was just excited for the following deer seasons to continue learning and hopefully shoot more deer. What did your uh, What did your buddies think of you? when you told them, Hey man, I shot my first deer with a bow. Mm. Well, lot, most of them don't hunt very much. So it's not like a huge deal to them. Yeah. These are some of my buddies back in the day, and I have more, but like they were pretty pumped for me, even though some of them didn't hunt. Everyone was pretty excited that I finally shot my first deer. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. So, mm-hmm. now, okay. So now after you shot this, your first deer of the, of, you know, the season, did you go back out and try to get it done with a buck too that year? Yeah, I did. But after that, that season is really fuzzy. Like all my seasons after like, like my season three, four years ago, they just all blend together. Yeah. I don't remember much. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you're able to kill a deer. Did that change mm-hmm. anything on how you approach the next couple seasons? Well, everything kind of changed that off season because one of my dad's buddy bought some hunting land. Okay. And I was able to get permission and hunt that. So that kind of threw everything for a whirl for me because now all of a sudden there's new land to try to learn and just kind of rethink how I hunt because now I'm not going to have to worry about where other people are sitting. I can just kind of, it's more planned and organized where people are. Yeah. So you, you cut your teeth for like 
a handful of years on some mm-hmm. public ground. Did you, while you were yep. out there, did you ever run into other hunters? Every once in a while, not, not a terrible amount. It was, it was a smaller piece of public, maybe like 120 acres. Yeah. Okay. And, and now you had a piece of private ground. How, how big was this piece of private ground? Uh, he's added on to it since then, but I think it was originally 80 or 90 acres of sort of river bottom land. Okay. All right. So did you start running any type of trail cameras or anything once you got access to this piece of ground? Uh, the landowner ran trail cameras first year. Yeah. And he still continues to run trail cameras. And that was, that was a big help for me. Trail cameras were huge and learning how deer move and when they move and why they move. Okay. Do you think that trail cameras allowed you to harvest the deer that, uh, you know, or did, did that speed up learning that piece of property? Yeah, it, it really did, but yeah. Okay. And that property has changed so much because when we first got it, we, there wasn't a lot to it, but since then we've added food plots and all their sorts of things. So that property is still continuing to change and the deer movement is still changing year to year. Okay. Wow. So it se- it sounds like you've really had um, a piece of property. Do you help then go out and help with the food plots and help with the habitat management and all that stuff? Yeah, I try to, I have a pretty big influence influence on what happens out there landowner will ask me for some advice and i'll plant food plots with one of my buddies with a tractor like i think it was two years ago we put in the first it's like it's like a one acre thing of brassicas gotcha and he has about seven acres of corn and like three acres of beans out there okay and has that changed change the the property once you started adding these food plots oh yeah everything went up the quality of the bucks went up the number of does went up it, it really helped the property a lot cool cool so you're getting an education really fast on not only how deer move but how habitat influences movement so that's mm-hmm. and that's pretty cool because I feel like when I was 18 years old, I didn't know shit about deer and deer movement and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew that if the the only thing I knew back then was if the wind was blowing that way and the deer was downwind, then I was going to get busted. And that's the only thing I I knew about. Mm-hmm. You know, like you didn't, I didn't know that you should move your tree stand or your, you know what where to where you should hunt i just felt hey man you got to put your tree stand on the edge of a a field and that's where these deer are going to come so uh so let's talk a little bit about the buck that you ended up shooting it was this year right yeah okay have since that doe had you killed any other any other does yeah i shot one the season before like the 2017 season i shot a doe on that piece of private land. Okay. All right. So, and I also harvested, go ahead. And I also harvested a buck that same year off that piece of private as well. Okay. So with a muzzleloader, with a muzzleloader. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so you got three deer under your belt. Yep. And then this season happened. And so what, what was different about this season compared to all the other seasons in the past at, at, and I'll ask this question from a strategy standpoint. Okay. It was a lot of postseason scouting went into this because this was my second year of hunting this piece of public. And I was last year, I was still learning how the deer moved here and everything, but the postseason scouting helped a lot. The shed hunting, finding the terrain features that I liked and where I thought the deer would move that that all played into this hunt this year gotcha and were you still consuming like youtube videos for your i guess for information podcasts youtube videos everything you could think of this summer i had a job in a cabinet shop with my grandpa 
and I was probably listening to three or four podcasts about deer hunting a day, just trying to get all the information I could to help me harvest a, a nice buck this year. Gotcha. And what what's one of the biggest things that you've learned? Not necessarily what podcast, but what was what was one yeah. of the biggest principles that you learned that you felt gave you the 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 best advantage or the biggest uh, takeaway? It was understanding where deer bed and why they bed there. I think that gave me the biggest advantage going into this past season. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and did learning that, you know, once you heard some other people talk about that, did that allow you to like rethink where your tree stands were at and where the, versus where they needed to be? A hundred percent because, and this past summer I picked up a mobile setup to use for this past year season. So I kind of knew I could bounce around a little bit if I needed to kind of check some areas during the season and see if they were bedding areas, but I didn't get very far into my season before I shot that buck. Okay. So with all that said, okay. How you put in, it sounds to me like you put a lot of work in during the off season to prepare for the, uh, for the actual season. Yeah. Okay, cool. Food plots. Did you do a lot of like trimming out tree stands or anything like that? Or were you mobile at all? Um, I was a hundred percent mobile. I wasn't, I didn't really trim out any trees before this season because this spot I had picked out, I was going to, I knew I was hunting it for my first time because I wanted to shoot a doe on this piece of public. And there were a whole bunch of planted oak trees in rows that had like no lower branches or anything. So I had shooting lanes everywhere. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you just were able to put the tree stands in the right spot. Now, during the summertime before the season started, were you getting good trail camera mm-hmm. pictures of deer? I mean, did you have it? Did you have an expectation of what kind of deer you wanted to shoot going into that next, that upcoming season? Yeah, so I put a trail camera where I shot my buck, like in August, and I got pictures of him in velvet and three or four other really nice bucks. Um, him and probably three other bucks were above 130s, a lot of littler bucks, mature bucks, lots of does. So I knew I knew I'd found a great spot to hunt. Nice, nice. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, what what was your goal, right? I mean, you've you haven't killed a buck with a bow yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, did you say, hey, I wanted to shoot a hundred incher? Uh, a 120 incher. I want to kill a 10 pointer or an eight pointer. I mean, did you have any antler size goals or any age goals, or did you understand that? Hey, I'm still new to this. I'm going to take you know one of the first things that you know comes along. Mm-hmm. So my mentality is before season is like for me to shoot a buck early in the season it has to be very big and because I love hunting and I want to hunt as much as I can. So as later the season goes on, the smaller the buck I'll shoot. So to start off the season, I have to shoot a really big buck. Like if it's a really big buck. Yeah. just Yeah. Okay. So what, in yeah. your opinion, what's a big buck? Um, for me, a big buck for me to shoot early in the season has to be like 140s plus one 140s plus for yeah for a guy who has never shot a buck with a bow before that was your goal mm-hmm. okay all right yeah so you said to yourself okay i if uh, if it's early i'm it's got to be big right yep. uh as the season goes on i'll i'll start you know, thinking about shooting a smaller buck. Now, if a doe popped out at all, where you think, would you consider shooting a doe? Yeah, I got a doe tag for this past season as well. 
And when I shot my buck, my original intention that evening was to shoot a doe in that spot. Okay. And so, but, but this buck you ended up shooting popped out. Yes. Well, before that, before I shot my buck, I had some does work right behind me, right where I couldn't shoot, but they were, they were so close for me to be able to shoot them. So those are like the only, I saw like those two does. And then 15 minutes before last night, I saw this buck. Nice. All right. So why don't you, why don't you walk us through the terrain features where you were hunting, maybe the food source, mm-hmm. uh, and, and just kind of walk us through the, the, the time that you got to the tree stand to the time you let the arrow go. All right. So to describe where I sat, there's a big ridge running pretty close north to south. And there are two secondary ridges coming off the east, no, the west side of it. They were, they're smaller. And then there's this created a little valley in there between the two little ridges. And then about 80 yards to the south, East of those little ridges is corn that the DNR puts in on the public land. And I kind of sat in the middle of that valley in some planted oaks, if that makes sense. It's kind of, it's really hard to describe, but. And that's it. Sort of in that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then, so. As you said, a doe came by first that night, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. what uh, what happened? What happened after that? Just walk us through it. Walk us through it. All right. So I guess it was it was getting dark because it was cloudy out. It's early season, so the trees are full of leaves, so it's really dark where I'm sitting and. I, it's like 15 minutes before and Leo shoot. Like, I'm not going to see anything. So I'm looking at my phone like a normal person, teenager would, in the stand. And I look up and I just see this deer on the on one of the sides of these secondary ridges. And I see it's a bigger-bodied deer. And I was like, well, I better get my bow. So I get my bow. And I still can't see what it is. And it comes and works a scrape at like 50 yards right in front of me. So now my heart's pounding, but I don't know how big this deer is yet. And it starts walking towards me down the trail that I have to my right at about 10 yards. So this buck is walking toward, towards me at like kind of at an angle. And I don't see how big he is until he is at about 30 yards. And I go, oh crap, I need to shoot this deer. And then he gets about 20 yards. I go to draw. He he sees me in the tree. He kind of bobs his head up and down, and he turns sleeve. I draw my bow. Next thing I know, my bow went off. Air. I saw my luminoc and arrow fly into him, and arrow gets lodged in the deer, and he runs up one of the secondary ridges, and that's the last thing I saw. Okay, so you you just let an arrow go on on your first buck. And how old, how, mm-hmm. how big was this, was this deer from the ant, from an antler size? This buck scored 142 and two eights. Okay. So the first, the first buck you ever shot w- with a, with a bow was 142. Yep. Okay. So when you let this go, this arrow go, you knew you hit him. What was going through your head? Mm-hmm. I thought I made a terrible shot. Yeah. Where did you think you hit I- him? I thought I hit him far back, and I had a gut shot. I honestly did. Yeah. So I thought I screwed up. So then what? You got out of the tree and started looking for blood, or did you give it some time? Yeah. Well, I called a lot of people, and by this time it started to rain a little bit. And I actually went down to this public land with a buddy, and he was calling me, wanting me to come pick him up and all this. I still had to pick, take down my tree stand and all this other stuff. So I'm doing that. I try to go look for blood. I can't find any because it's raining. Everything is shiny. So I had to say, you know what? I'm just going to give it, give this deer 
two hours and wait for some more buddies to come drive to drive down and help me look for it. Okay. And this, th- this was on a piece of public ground or this was on the, the private ground that you were, this was on, this the... was on the public. Oh, you shot this buck on public ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. For some reason I thought, I thought you, we were, uh, we're still on that private farm, but no, this is on the public piece. Okay. Yeah. All right. So your buddies get there and you start, and you start, uh, you know, looking for this deer. Did you find blood right away? Well, at the point of impact, I didn't really find any because the arrow got lodged in the deer. So I knew where he ran up and he crossed the trail and we found blood on the trail. And he followed blood for another six yards and there he was piled up. It was, it was a perfect shot. So where did you end up hitting him? I hit him mid-body. He was quartering away, and my arrow lodged in his offside shoulder. And so you hit, did you get hard at all, or just like both lungs? I'm going to guess double-lunged him because it was mid-body, halfway up. Gotcha. Okay. And and about 20 yards, you said, was the shot? Yeah. Okay. So when you when you bent down, put your hands on him for the first time, lifted his head up, it's 142 inch. And what was he? A, a 10 pointer or what was he? Yep. He is pointer. a clean 10. Okay. So he's a 140 inch 10 pointer. Um, first deer. And that's a really good, you know, 140 inch, uh, mm-hmm. 10 pointer for your first buck. There's a lot of guys that listen to this podcast that would die to have an opportunity at a deer like that. So, no, like, yep. what was going through your head when you picked up his head, his head for the first time? It it was just a rush of emotion. I, in my head, I'm like, I just ended my season tonight. I am tagged out on a buck. Um, everything I've learned and all my hard work I put in is worth it right now. And I was, I was just in shock. I felt very blessed to be able to have the opportunity to even see a deer that big and let alone be able to get a shot at it. I was, I was just thankful for all my buddies giving their time to come help me too. That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. so what kind of, you know, for me, I shoot my deer, I, I celebrate it for a while, but then I start thinking about, mm-hmm. about next, the next couple seasons. Right. Uh, Mm-hmm. what's what's going through your head as far as from from this point you're only 18 how do you want mm-hmm. to progress moving forward as a bow hunter um now that i've shot this deer of this size it's kind of more i guess i can i don't know kind of like relax a little bit more kind of like the pressure has been taken off like that's kind of my feelings but It'd still be really nice to shoot a deer this big every year, so I'm still going to work as hard as I have, but just maybe have a little bit more fun with it, not be as serious, maybe not hunt as much as what I used to. Okay. And so you're going to, you feel you're going to spend less time in the woods? To, To a point. I mean, I still, I love hunting, but... I feel like I missed out on opportunities in high school that I wish I wouldn't have because I spent so much time trying to harvest a buck with my bow. Okay. So I don't want to really make that mistake again. I gotcha. So, I mean, you're getting ready to go to, I mean, next year, are you going to college? Yes, I am. Where are you going to college at? I'm going to a college in a neighboring town called Dort University. Okay, so you're going to be local. Yeah. You're still going to be able to uh, hunt when you want to. So, you know, yep. college was a time where I I hardly hunted at all because I, you know, was doing dumb stuff, <laughs> right? Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, st- I still did some hunting, but, you know, it wasn't at the priority list. Do you feel that hunting is go- going to remain at the uh, at the top of your priority list or do you think it's going to move down a couple rungs because now you're you know entering Mm -hmm. college 
Uh, I really think it's going to move down a little bit. I think my studies are definitely going to have to come first. and But after that, it's probably going to be hunting. Gotcha. Studies, hunting. You can do just, both. Yeah. Yeah. My my problem was I I spent too much time in the damn bars, right? I I, <laughs> I always say I wish I could go back and you know, I don't you know, I don't regret anything in my mm-hmm. life, but if I could do it over yep. again, I would say, "Man, look at all the t- time that you missed when you could have been out hunting or fishing or, yep. you know, taking trips out west or doing whatever." So, well, it's cool, dude. I mean, this is uh this is good good for me to hear now. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to call this advice, but one thing that I did when I first started hunting that I wish I would have, I wish I would have shot more deer in, Mm -hmm. in, see, I, I'm going to say I started bow hunting, even though I started bow hunting in like 1994, uh, but I really didn't know into the woods with a bow to try to shoot a deer. Right. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I learned a little bit when, and you know, by the time I was 18, but then college came and I really didn't do anything. And then I got a job and I worked a whole bunch. And then it was 2006 when I really started educating myself on archery, bow hunting, and like how to hunt whitetails. And I instantly started going for, you know, big deer, right? Not I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to call it mature, you know, antler size was important back then. Um, age class was also kind of important. I learned that a deer mm-hmm. to get big needs to get old. But one thing yep. I didn't do that I wish I would have done was kill more deer because you never, you never get comfortable shooting a big deer until you shoot mm-hmm. lots of big deer. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and that even goes from killing a a deer because I mean, even a doe comes through and I still get fired up about it. And I feel that the more deer that you can shoot, it just gets you better prepared for when that time does come, when you have a big giant buck step out, right. And you don't get Mm -hmm. buck fever and all that stuff. So, you know, don't be so quick to only go after Mm -hmm. big giant bucks because you have a ton of time left to bow hunt in your life, right? Mm-hmm. So just yep. have fun and shoot deer. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. Like, next season, if a 120-inch 8-pointer steps out or a 10-pointer, he's probably going to get shot because any deer will get me fired up. If I see a couple does coming at me, my heart pounding if, if i see a buck my heart's still pounding it's i just i just love it well congratulations oh. on uh shooting your first deer a great deer this mm-hmm. year by by the way uh, congrats on that and uh mm-hmm. man it's uh it's awesome to see someone 18 years old still in high school have such a passion for for uh for hunting and uh i hope that you know throughout the rest of your bow hunting career you accomplish all the goals that you want to accomplish you have fun and uh you get to enjoy Mm -hmm. mother nature man yep and there you have it ladies and gentlemen another podcast in the books huge shout out to trevor for hopping on the podcast and uh, chatting with us today huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast Exodus, Ozonics, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, and Hunter Safety Systems. Without those companies, this podcast would not happen. Please go out and support those companies because they support this podcast. It's a circle. It's a circle. Also, go to iTunes. Go to wherever you download your podcasts. Leave a review, five stars, because this podcast is flipping awesome. Also, Join us on social media, not only on the Sportsman's Nation, but on Nine Finger Chronicles as well, Instagram, Facebook. I do some Twitter, and when I mean some, I mean I never do Twitter, so I guess don't sign up for Twitter. Anyway, that's what we're talking about there. I think that's it. I'm not going to try to prolong this anymore just to hear myself talk, because statistics say that most of you guys are done listening to this podcast anyway. So how about this? 
I want someone who is still listening to email me and tell me I'm still listening at minute 59 and 20 seconds. So, yeah, so email me and we'll start up a little conversation. I'll I'll say thank you for listening. So there's that. Uh, I think that's it. Thank you guys very much for tuning in today. And if you're going to be in in a tree, our friends at Hunter Safety Systems are reminding us all to please wear your damn safety harness. Have a good rest of the week.